All right. We going uh we should be live right now. We're going to do a quick uh quick intro here. Let me just turn this on over here. And we are going to get started. All right. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the predatory leasing situation, the whole James Best, uh, Tim situation with NARC, and uh, dive into uh, even where, how I got involved and things like that. Like I said, this is going to be the preface. This is the preface for the other video that will be coming out in the future. So uh, let's, uh, let's take a few minutes let the system get rocking and rolling. Uh, enjoy this, and I'll be right back. Blood on my fingertips and words on my tongue So many verses I wish I would have sung But what if my secrets ruin today? I pour another glass up to keep them at bay Think you found me? Oh yeah, then go find another Go find another, your hands sculpted in me not like the others, the world inside me Baby, is mine to discover, mine to discover Can't take that from me Give me a space to breathe You think you found me? Oh yeah, then go find another Go find another, your hands up in me Oh no, I'm not like the others Not like the others, the world inside me Baby, is mine to discover, mine to discover Can't take that from me Found light in the darkness and learns to lead the way. Your flashlight is fading and I'm going my own way. The sharp words of anger should cut me like the knife. You stabbed in my back, but you forgot that I can fight. Think you found me? Oh yeah, then go find another. Go find another. Your hands sculpted me. Oh no, I'm not like the others. Not like the others. Oh. probably upset somebody but uh i don't do well in the chat so i'm going to authorize uh narc to be in charge of the chat uh, because it's a logistical show and i'm he's fully in charge of the chat how he wants to handle it he can handle it uh the other one will be tc boggs if he jumps in here so sorry like it or leave it oh no i'm not like the others not like the others Narc's the warden. He's going to be handling the prisoners in there. Narc as a warden. If that doesn't scare you, nothing else should. I'm going to slide on in here real quick. So, 
I kind of wanted to do, like I said, a preface. I dropped a little uh, video earlier uh, kind of going on that. And, um, but I kind of wanted to talk about this whole situation. Now, again, my aspect of this was the predatory leasing aspect of it. Um, and, and that's something that had to be talked about. And then, of course, you know, I'm going to put in there how I got involved because it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. It, like I said, uh, and I kind of want to talk about that, cover some of the other aspects of this um, on a professional kind of level, and explain the dangers of this and why this is so bad. Okay, this is this is a very bad situation, and it's now happening uh, not just on mega carriers, not just on middle carriers, but now it's falling all the way down to uh, one truck fleets, right? And it's falling into an aspect of um, content creators that now sway people into making decisions that they're not ready for. So I've got a couple of things I want to cover and kind of want to, want to go over this and make sure that you guys understand um, where this, the, the problem lies with this. So I'm going to kind of draw, just kind of jump into this and, and, and we're going to talk about it. So. How I basically got involved is uh, there was, I believe it was a Saturday that uh, NARC reached out to me and it started to explain the situation that was going on with Tim. Now, just so everybody knows, you can follow NARC's channel. NARC, you can drop your link for your video in there so they can go back and watch that. Um, but when NARC reached out to me, he started to explain the situation in regards to um, one of our content creators, James Best, that also has a carrier um, and a brokerage and uh, drivers. And he basically explained that the, the driver that was driving for him, Tim, was, was dead broke. He had no money. And they were putting, you know, getting some money together. And my first thing was, okay, you know, what do you need from me? How can I help? You know, what? I don't have cash yet, but I have PayPal. If we can get his PayPal, where is he at? Well, at that point, some other people have reached out and, and you know, helped him financially to get, you know, some of the things that he needed, like, I don't know, food um, and, and things like that. It's essential type stuff. And we had a conversation and we started going over everything that was going on. And during that conversation, it, it, it was easy for me, to, for any of all of us technically to see that this, the situation at hand that I could bring forth to, to the table was the predatory lease angle of that. And I'm going to explain why. So NARC actually, I was impressed. I brought this, all this information, like an investigator reporter would bring something to like an editor or there and be able to, um, put it out there so people could completely know what's going on. And the, he was gathering the proper information. We were, we were making sure that the stuff was, you know, being put out there was to the, the best of our ability, you know, the truth and, and facts and things like that. And it, it just progressed from there. And I, I see this as he, he did a very good job at this. So I want to say that for, he did a very good job gathering the information, getting people in play, getting uh, Tim what he you know, needed it, it, to that aspect of that. And, and, and like I said, and we contacted through this and, and things like that. So let me kind of explain real quick some of the issues with this. That, and, I'll, and then I'll kind of dive into where this ended up going predatory um, from James Best and as, as a motor carrier. All right. So let's start here. One of the things I want people to understand, because I know what they're going to say. I know what James is going to say. Matter of fact, I've even, you know, downloaded a video. And I even titled this The Big Short. And The Big Short is a movie about the 2008 financial crisis in regards to what the banks were doing in, uh, for home loans. Now, if I were to ask you, 
uh, do you think that trucking as an infrastructure industry in this country is more important than the housing sector? All of us would probably say, yeah, of course it is. I mean, trucks move the country. Trucks feed, the, feed us all. Trucks do this. Trucking is absolutely just as big as uh, the housing sector was, right, in 2008. Well, what the banks were doing in 2008, one of the reasons for the, the recession was the fact that banks were giving out predatory loans. Let me drop down my screen here. Boop. And they were basically giving out loans to people who should not have had a, a, home, a mortgage, should not have in any way been able to afford the mortgage that they have. Okay, this was in 2008, and I knew I knew somebody that we, me and my wife, a uh, friend of hers, she got a mortgage. She got approved for a mortgage for an outrageous amount, like three hundred thousand dollars or something, something crazy. And they were tweaking numbers so much to to get people into these adjustable home loans, right? So. Now, these weren't, you know, the banking rules were a lot looser and, and, and in regards to the bank's job to actually make sure that the person that they're putting in this house could make sure that they could pay the loan uh, and verify that they're not going to, they're just getting them in this loan so that they can make the money and they didn't care about what would happen um, if the house went into foreclosure, right? So... This was one of the issues we ran into in 2008 and, and the recession and the predatory aspect of these loans um, that, that actually hurt the, the whole economy. Because housing, a lot goes on housing in regards to, you know, people and their mortgages and things like that. And there is actually a clip in the big short that uh, one of their, uh, there were people that were looking into this and they went into um, a strip club, right? And, and they're interviewing th this, 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 basically this stripper, and they're asking about the loans that she has, all right? Now, I can't play it because it's, you know, uh, <laughs> there's nudity on it here, but I'm going to play the audio of this. Hang on. What? I can't hear you. I'm sorry. I always get out to me so he's like, I always, she's like, I always get adjustable loans. She has a private contractor. And some of these co uh, companies were like SunTrust and things that fell out of the banking industry. Okay. They didn't fall into the actual banks. They were like private uh, firms and stuff, not private firms, but private banks like SunTrust was uh, just to go out and get home mortgages. Tell the mortgage company what you do. Now she's a stripper and they say, well, do you tell the mortgage company what you do? And she writes the word therapist on it. Well, okay. You can touch me. Always? Only in VIP. No, 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 no. You say you always do adjustables and you have more than one loan on a property. Now she's always doing adjustable loans and she has more than one loans. And these are the predatory aspects that they were doing back then. They were allowing you to take secondary mortgages. They were allowing you to do, you do this stuff. And it was literally um, to the point where you, you, they didn't care if you could afford this. They did not care, right? They, they, it, now it should be their job. It should be their job to look at the situation and say, okay, uh, you know, let's run your numbers. Let me see your taxes. Let me prove that you're, um, viable for multiple years, being able to hold a job and bring home consistent money that you're able to pay this loan. That should have been the job, but at the time, it wasn't the job. Everybody does. At least down here. I'm sorry, what? Everybody does. At least down here. 
And he says everybody in this is in this club is basically doing this. That way, like we're down like five percent. Well, prices have leveled off, though, right? Yeah, going. Now housing was booming then. Now prices have leveled off, and she's like, "Yeah, uh, yeah, but that's fine. I, I can refinance." Would you mind not moving anymore? I'll still pay you. It's it's even funny that her broker's name is James. Um, the irony. Sorry, we're not alarmed. Okay, look, if home prices don't go up, you are not going to be able to refinance. And if home prices don't go up, you're not going to be able to refinance your house, and you're stuck in an adjustable mortgage. That means as interest rates go up, her mortgage is going to go up. You're going to be stuck paying whatever your monthly payment is once it jumps up after your teaser rate expires. Your monthlies could go up two, three hundred percent. James is like, monthlies can go up two, three hundred percent, and James is like, ah, I can refinance. Hang on. Can always refinance. Well, he's a liar. Actually, in this particular... He's a liar. The irony. The irony, James. James probably is wrong. 200%. 200%. On all my loans? What do you mean all your loans? We're talking about two loans on one house, right? I have five houses and a condo. She has five houses and a condo. <laughs> so it's not two mortgages. It's five houses and a condo. Now, so after the 2008 crash... The government came in and basically said, we can't allow this predatory lending for mortgages. We have to hold accountable the people that are actually doing these loans, that are giving this, this stuff out. And they came out with the, um, let me pull this right here, I think Dodd-Frank's Act, right? And the Dodds-Frank Act, the most recent Wall Street reform history, Dodds-Frank Act will prevent the excessive risk-taking that led to the financial crisis. The law also prevents common-sense protections for American families, created new customer watchdogs to prevent mortgage companies and payday lenders from exploiting customers. Okay? So they basically said, housing, this housing problem, it, it, it helped cause a recession. Now, trucking is even bigger than the housing market, okay? So when you have predatory loans being done from mega carriers all the way down to one truck fleets, I'm sorry, I had to steal that term, it's fantastic. Um, you basically have an issue in the industry. You have predatory people taking advantage of people who cannot afford to have that loan. And it's the, it became the, it, for the banking, it became the job of the bank to confirm you could actually afford it. So I couldn't just go out and say, well, you're just going to have to get three, four jobs. I couldn't just say you're just going to have to work harder. I can't come out and say that because from the information you're giving me, your tax, where you work, verification of your job, you better go out and get two, three more jobs now and come back to me in six months because right now from the paperwork I'm looking at, I cannot give you the loan. It is now the responsibilities of the banks to confirm this. This is what the predatory task force is going to be doing in trucking. They're going to be looking at this and saying, hey, you guys cannot give loans to people in the trucking industry, if you haven't verified that they can actually afford and have the consistency in the work, meaning staying at the same job, three, maybe three years of being able to, uh, you know, stay at one job, showing that you can make money year over year over year. And this is what underwriters do. An underwriter comes out 
and verifies, one, they verify you are who you are, but it also verifies that you can consistently have shown that you can make money to keep the mortgage that we're about to give you. And then they sign off on it. When I got this house, I had to, I had to go through, I think it was like, I don't even know, like felt like three weeks of giving paper back and forth to an underwriter. Well, we need to see this. 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 That's because the Protectionary Act caused them to have to do that. It put in the burden of responsibility on the person giving the loan. And the reason I'm talking about this is when if, if any of them come out and say, well, they should have just worked harder. It's not my job. It's not my job to make sure that they can afford this. I just said, here's your loan. Here's your doing this. That is the problem. That is what causes drivers to lose trucks, get out of trucking, and say, screw it, I'm done. I'm done. I don't want no part of that. This is ridiculous. I've gone broke. It even causes eventually people to get divorced and unalive themselves because of financial woes. What breaks up the family the most? Finances. Well, infidelity and finances. Well, this is the predatory aspect that is in trucking, an industry that I, I feel is more important than even the housing market, right? Even the housing market. So before any of you guys jump out and, re and come out and say, well, it's not my job. And the reason I'm saying this is I have a clip from Mr. Best that I'm going to play from his last live feed, too late, I already downloaded it, that you're, we're going to listen to. And he's basically hinting at this. It is so bad <laughs> that he's hinting at this. He's saying, if you can't go a whole year, you know what? I'm going to hold off because it's better if you hear it from him. So. Uh, the FMCF forms a new task force to combat predatory leasing practices. Now, and why I feel this is so important, this came from content creators at a very low level in the industry. It's not like they're up there at mega, you know, it, but they're content creators. And I'm going to explain why this happens, the mindset that gets pushed, and how this basically ends up being bad. Because they actually peer pressure people into situations that they're not ready for. Business is not something you just jump in and hope for the best. You know, it, it, it can crush people. But they get peer pressured into this by individuals in the industry that rather than say, slow down here, there, speedboat. Let me run your numbers. Let me take a look. What do you know of business? How much have you done? Um... Okay, I'll take that a minute. <laughs> and make sure that you can consistently do this, they don't, because they don't care. And we're gonna listen to OIDA talk about it also. Part of that clip that I set, put out this morning, if you haven't seen it, go back and check. Oh, hang on, stand by there. Stand by TC Box. You are gonna be the other moderator. Um, and you and Narc are the, now the prison guards, handle the chat any way you want. So, I trust you. Even if I didn't, it, it's, it is what it is. All right. <laughs> so this is where the, where the problem lies. All right. Uh, and this is from May 23rd. Today, the U.S. Department of Transportation, FMCSA, announced the nine members who will serve on the Truck Leasing Task Force, chartered by the Transportation Security. Uh, well, we won't mention Pete's name because I, I don't like him. But um, this will evaluate lease agreements in the industry and their potential safe and financial impacts on owner-operators. 
the TLTF is established as a stationary committee under the authority of the Section 2309 of the Infrastructure Investment of Jobs Act. That's, this came out during the, the COVID stuff. Um, the TLTF will address areas that have long needed intense focus. It will take tasks with prov providing best practices to assist drivers in assuring the impacts of the lease agreement prior to entering into such agreements with recommendations on changes to laws to promote the fairness leasing agreements. The TLTF will work in combination of the FMCSA's efforts to ensure drivers have access to fair leasing agreements. Okay. This is the task force that was put together almost this, as the same aspects as Dodd's-Franks because of the banking aspect of that. Right. All right. And, and because of the importance of that collapse, we, they said, that, hey, look, we need to look at this because we've got a lot of drivers coming into the industry. We have a lot of them that don't have enough money. They don't have enough money. And I'm going to hate to break this to you. I don't give a crap. If you don't have money and you don't have credit, then you should not be entering the trucking business. It is a disaster. It is a possibility for disaster. You have no money. You have no credit. It got to the point, too, just so everybody knows that when, when we were, were talking with Tim and we're trying to figure out how he's going to get here and how he's going to get there, I said, well, I mean, I, I can spot you money. Do you have a credit card to rent a car? He's like, it's maxed, and I, I don't have a credit card. You have a maxed credit card, and you don't have any other credit cards to rent a car. No. You don't have... Wait, what? H how do you not have any credit to be able... To, you're out there, and you have no credit to rent a, to, to even... We, he couldn't even rent a car. He couldn't even rent a car. If that would have been the case, like me and Quick, uh, Quick were talking, that he wasn't able to get the truck down there and get a ride down there... I was going to have to say, okay, where the hell are you? Uh, we'll probably just rent you like a U-Haul van, and, and I'll, I'll just throw it on mine, and we'll get you down there, and we'll figure, this, we'll figure this out, right? I mean, this is some of the stuff we were trying to do to get him out of this situation. Again, I was brought in because Narc asked, and I said, okay. But it, it, he doesn't even have a credit card. He has no money for food. They took him shopping at Walmart to buy things. Is... This is how bad this was. All right. So now you have, this is where I pulled, uh, and I'll drop this in here. Copy. I think I can drop. Oh, hang on, it goes here. Uh, I'll drop this article in here. This is an article from 2021, and this is where I pulled the video from, um, from the portion of the video that you watched prior to this. And I've clipped some other sections out of this um, a couple minutes long that, that, that are in here. And let me pull this one up here. All right. So we're going to play this real quick. It's only about five minutes. I'll even speed it up to 1.25. You guys can keep up. <laughs> when it comes to all this leasing trucks, there's so much misleading stuff out there. Like all these carriers say, walk away lease, walk away lease. I've never seen a walk away lease yet, ever. The first thing that we should be saying in any of this, if you don't have money and you don't have capital and you don't have credit, you shouldn't even be getting into the trucking business, period. That's one of the biggest problems with this industry, in my opinion. What other industry can you go into and start a business with no money, no credit, no nothing, but, buddy, we'll set you up in business? McDonald's ain't going to do that. You know, no, nobody else is going to put you in, you know, it's not franchise, but any kind of business without money or credit. I mean, think about that. You are entering into an industry that costs 
thousands of dollars to run a week in fuel and everything else, and you're entering into an industry and somebody says, yeah, I'll give you this truck. I'll let you run this. And you don't have money for food. You don't have money. You don't have a credit card. You are entering into business with no money, no money and no credit. How, how is that even, I mean, it, no businesses, you know what, the, a lot of businesses don't become profitable for three years? A lot of businesses, there's a lot of times that uh, they'll open up businesses and they'll, they understand they're not going to be profitable for three years, two years, they hope for the best, but a lot of time businesses, like we're shooting for three years and on year four, we start to turn profits. So you're entering into business and no business is profitable with no money. How, how do you... How does anybody expect that person to become an instant success, an all-star during the slow time? Now, it was easy during the boom time. It was easy during the time that basically everybody could make money just by standing there. Hey, can you drive a truck? Yeah. Okay, get in. Okay. And next thing you know, everybody's making money. That was unprecedented. Unprecedented. Okay? But even on a normal before that, Entering with no money, and, and everybody wonders why you fail. No money, no education. No money and no knowledge of business aspects of this industry. And there's no oversight over this stuff. It's the wild, wild west, unfortunately. And the amount of heartbreaking stories that we hear every yeah. day on a daily basis from these motor carriers. Good thing, I'm going to put a plug in for me. If you, anybody out there is thinking about doing this, please call OIDA. Send us your contract. Let us look at it. We will tell you anything and everything in there, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I'm not saying there isn't a... Now, let's think about that. They just put it, he just put it out there. If you're thinking about getting into a lease, send the contract to OIDA. They will look at it. They will translate it. They will interpret it. They will tell you if this is good, bad, or ugly. You, I want everyone here, and this, like I said, this is going to stay up, to know that you can do this before you put yourself into a bad situation by someone you believe may or may, is a good person, I don't know how, but still, who thinks it has your best interest in mind. You and these lease purchase companies that do help people, because there's exception to everyone. Just so you know, this is uh, uh, Louis Poog from um, OIDA. That's majority. This is nothing but a plague on the trucking industry. And that's what brings wages down, salary rates, everything. It brings wages down, salaries down, everything down. It brings it all down. And it's a plague on the industry. Louis, you kind of started to answer a question I was going to ask you, but is it your belief that there is any such thing as a non-sketchy leasing program? No, I don't believe there's anything as a non-sketchy le lease purchase oh, program. Oh, too. Lease purchase. No. No, there's no when no. we talk about leasing to carriers and it's my truck or, you know, it's your truck, whatever, and, I, and I've got all, that's a different story. But when it comes to lease purchase, I wouldn't recommend that, you know. And again, I'm not saying there's not carriers out there that are trying to do I'm not going to say that. Absolutely. There are there possible carries? A hundred percent. Are there carries that knowledgeable about the industry that are pushing forward, that are moving their companies, that are growing their companies? Sure. Uh, two to come to my uh, Spectre um, and uh, Jeffrey Light. They're pushing their carriers. They're trying to grow. They're moving forward. They're doing stuff. Are you always going to agree with them? No, but they're bosses. Nobody always agrees with their bosses, but they're at least pushing forward. And they're trying to move things, right? So it is possible. But you have to then look at, and this is the other issue I have. If I'm going to, when you go to an interview and when you go to a job and when you go to a company, you're being interviewed, but you should also be interviewing them. 
And if, the, if you can look at them and say, well, you've been stagnant for three years. You've been standing still for two years, for three years. What is your two-year plan? What is your three-year plan? And I, I'm bringing this up for a reason. And you just wait, boys and girls. If they don't have one, or, unfortunately, I'm going to say it because I've done it before. If you're watching your boss start drinking at 10 o'clock in the morning and pass out or get to the point that they are tanked, 12 hours later in a live feed, I want you to think about the lawyer is going to, when if you are ever in a wreck, is going to pull that video and he's going to say, this person has a problem and he's going to talk to you, the driver is going to say, were you aware that your employer was doing this? And if you're, nope, I didn't know. Really? Because that's you in the chat. So you were fully aware that this was your employer's mo uh, operating procedures. Well, that's not going to look good on you, your record. I'm just going to let you know that that stuff will be thrown out in court if you're ever in Iraq. But, Dan Dag, no, I don't think, first of all... Because I would, if I was a lawyer. First and foremost, anytime we're giving people stuff like this who have no money and have no credit, mm. we're already making, we're not helping, we're mm. setting them up for failure. I mean, mm. my boss taught our president, me and him was talking about this a lot, and he said it the best. If someone can't manage a little bit of money... The last thing in the world you ever want to do is give them a lot of money. It is, you are setting them up for failure. If they can't manage a little bit of money, then they can't manage a lot of money. Okay? Tim couldn't manage a little bit of money. He didn't have a credit card to rent a car. Heaven forbid anything were to happen. That's a little bit of money. Well, then he can't manage a lot of money, can he? And, and that's so true. And that's what we're doing to people. For whatever reason, they got themselves in a bad situation. They need to work themselves out of that, figure it out, then go into the trucking business if that's their dream. I get it. That the whole lease purchase program and the whole lease purchase thing is, is there's, there is, a, I'm in agreement with that. There's nothing but sketchy out there. So when you think about that, it kind of reminds me, and, and I got to be very, very careful on how I say this because I don't want to offend anybody, but it reminds you of the rent to own industry, right? You know, you know, like the, yeah. the rent to own companies yeah. where you're kind of like, you can buy a TV for like, like $8 yeah. a week and you pay for it for like 160 weeks. And like you get to week 100 and you can't pay it anymore. Then guess what they do? They take it. And then all of a sudden they pretty up, shine it up, put it back on the wall and sell it for another 160 weeks. You lease purchase this truck for $800 a week. You pay $3,200 a week on a truck. Okay. So. This is something Narc also brought up, and which is 100% possible. There was no written agreement, which we've already saw that that's not legal, right? There was no uh, written lease. It wasn't signed by both parties. It wasn't uh, placed in the truck. It wasn't gone over. He didn't follow any of the truth and leasing laws. And at that point, he could have yanked the truck right out from underneath him and re-put that truck back out there or resold that truck. There was no evidence that he was going to get the truck for sure other than you know, my word, which let's face it, if you, and James Best 90% of the time says, I don't give a crap. I don't give a crap. I, you know, that's a lot of times he doesn't says, I don't care. I don't care. All of a sudden he's going to care. Probably not. It's already been paid for. Right. And not just that. On top of that, not only are you paying $3,200 a week on a truck that's paid for, then they're going to take a percentage of the freight that you're going to haul on. So now, now that's it. Understand it. So now what they're doing is they're renting, they're, they're basically rent to owning this truck. And they're charging you uh, uh, a large fee for the truck and trailer and everything else. You're paying all the, the money. And then they're charging you a percentage of that, right? And I've heard this stuff said before where, he, where he'll say, look, if he succeeds, that's on him. If he fails, that's on him. But you're taking a percentage off of the load. So if he succeeds, you get more of a percentage. You get more. 
you get 20% you know, more, not 20% more, but you get more money on your 20% if he is succeeding. So we can't just throw it out there and say, eh, it's all on him and it's, it's no big deal. You can't do that. Now we're going to talk about that also because what I'm trying to make sure that we, th- th- you're not playing victim here. You're not going to, I can't allow you to play victim in this situation. This was a predatory lease situation. You took advantage of somebody. This is what drivers complain about. It's a perfect example that I can connect the dots. I can do a whole video on it, record it, interview NARC, submit it to people so they can look at this and they can say, this is a perfect example of what could possibly happen to somebody to the point that he can't afford his light bill. His wife's ready to to, to leave somebody. I'm just saying... Lots of other people's, not just him. And, and next thing you know, they're dead broke, and they take things to another level that they shouldn't have took it to. You're going to get paid a percentage off of the freight that you haul in a truck that's been paid for four times over. So it is almost like they're preying on the lack of, and excuse me by saying this, but it seems like they're preying on a lack of education on mm-hmm. the folks that get into this. They don't properly educate the people that get into this. They don't properly set us up. And, and, and what I mean by that, and I kind of agree with what Louis was saying. Now, why wouldn't Tim be properly educated? Who was surrounding Tim but nothing but the best? How could he possibly be undereducated? I ask, sarcastically, in the video. There's a right and wrong way. They don't teach you the right way. Because if they teach you the right way, then they won't be able to profit. Most of these companies profit off of the fact that they're able to run these lease trucks up and they're able to run back up on these lease trucks. It's ridiculous. Well, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's a, to the carrier's advantage completely. It's all to the carrier's advantage. I mean, we have seen carriers here that where they have brought guys to their... Um, so it's to the carrier's advantage, and it 100% is. It 100% is to the carrier's advantage because they're getting all their money before you're getting paid. Okay? They're getting all their money before you're getting paid. So the problem lies is that just like in 2008 when the banking system took advantage of people and said, yeah, you can afford this $5,000 mortgage. You're good to go. No problem. You can refinance it in a couple of years. You'll be fine. That predatory aspect is the same predatory aspect that's now, that's now trickling all the way down to the one truck fleets in the trucking industry. And it's that same, you know, you need to work harder. You need to run harder. You need to run your business better. You need... Did you ever... Do you think James was possible? Do you think it's possible he knew that Tim wasn't able to do it, that he just wasn't capable? I mean, is there any evidence out there that you think that James was knowledgeable or able to look at someone and say, that guy's not going to make it? Is that a possibility? What was that? What was that, Sage? What did you ask? Oh, I think I have a video. Let's take a listen. All right. What we're going to do is we're going to shuffle this over here. And we're going to listen to Mr. Best. Been years doing it. <laughs> you can't do it with one truck, one trailer. All right, so you can't do it with one truck, one trailer. No. How about one truck and two trailers? Can I do it then? Can Maybe. I do it then? I don't, I don't know. know. Are you? Can I do that? All right. Mark is just driving at a boy. I wish I had some Knob Creek. To be honest with you, I was eyeballing it, but well, thank God. Ninety-nine vodka sounds thank God. better. Yeah, know what I'm saying? I do. Uh. All right, here we go. 
Just because they are suffering does not mean you are. Everybody does business differently. Listen, it's a business. Yeah. You're always going to take fucking hits on the fucking chin. If you think I've never taken a hit on the chin, you've never thought that I have not been in the fucking negative. Mm -hmm. If you've never fucking thought I've done that, you're fucking nuts because I have. Okay. I've been in the fucking hole. I've been fucking negative. I've, I've spent more money than I possibly have fucking made. Yeah. But you stick it out and you stick it out and you move and you move forward. You keep moving forward. And sooner or later, you dig yourself out of a fucking hole and you come up. But if you're going to fucking leave every time you're in the fucking hole and you're just going to fucking leave for the next best thing, you're not going to go anywhere. Now, I understand not everyone is the same. Just because James was able to do it at, to, to this, at, at least to where he is now, doesn't mean... Tim is on the same uh, business savvy as, as James is, right? I can say the same thing to James. I'm a freight broker. Why aren't you? I've been moving freight for 18 years. Why can't you do it, right? Just because, and the same aspect. Just because a couple people hung up you on the phone, you didn't continue to call, you didn't continue to, to, to do it the way I instructed you to do it? No, you told me I didn't know what I was talking about, and I hate drivers and all this other stuff. When I told you how to do it. When I told you, basically, find carriers that you can sell to a customer. Don't go to customers if you just have a load board. And he told me I didn't know what I was doing. I was, I was an idiot. Now, I was, I, I, here I am trying to help him for free. This was approximately three years ago. So I got to the point that I'm like, look, man, I'm not going to be yelled at by you. I got 16 years doing this. I'm good. Good luck. And I went my separate ways. But I can say the same thing to him that he's saying to Tim, you didn't stick it out. You didn't continue to push your customers. You didn't continue to make those cold calls. You didn't build relationships. You didn't step out and, and build carrier relationships so that you can go into a, a, a business and say, hey, I have access to this 10 truck fleet. I have they're, they're, you know, I can get pricing directly from them. Maybe we can move your freight, blah, blah, blah. You didn't do that. So there are people on different savvy levels in regards to business that we can't all look at through our eyes. And I've talked about this before. And vape brokers are leeches. Ban that little bit. Crap. Anyways. But basically, this is the, the situation that he, you can't look at that. And, and we've talked about this before. And, and every time people talk to me in regards to, well, this is Tim, this is Tim, I would, I would talk to him and say, look, don't compare it from where you are and, 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 and how you handle things and how you perceive information and how you process information because he doesn't process it the same way. And it's, it's just, but it's very hard to not look at something and say, well, I can do this. Why can't he? Promise you this. You'll never go anywhere. If you're going to quit every time shit gets tough, or threaten to quit, or throw your fucking childhood fucking tantrum mm -hmm. every time shit gets tough, or every time it don't go your fucking way. Yeah. Then this ain't your fucking gig. It ain't your exactly. It's not. It's not right. And and that it, it's it's not right. It's business. It's hard. That's why not everyone can do it. That's why we technically have bankruptcy laws in regards to business and stuff. So when you make a mistake, it doesn't ruin you forever because at least you tried at that point. Now, of course, I don't think the goal is to do it every single year you're eligible for it. But hey, what do I know? Fucking gig because it's tough and it's expensive. Yes. And it's, it's a fucking train wreck sometimes. Yes. It's a fucking train wreck. Speed him and if you ain't got it, to fucking stick it out. Two weeks, three weeks. How the fuck are you gonna stick it out for a fucking year? Okay. I gotta stick it out a year. Did you know last year I was in the hole thirty-four fucking grand? In the hole thirty-four grand. Okay. 
if you can- so are you expecting somebody who doesn't have a, because I, I'm pretty sure and I could be wrong probably wrong he uh, James did you go to Tim and say how much money do you have in the bank how many weeks could you go without a paycheck how much do you have on your credit cards how are you financially right now because I'm pretty sure Tim said broke broke perfect you're the perfect one for my lease broke and desperate I'll sign you right up they fucking hang on 34 grand in the fucking hole but then goddamn if you start getting fucking five grand in the positive everyone wants to punch you in the goddamn mouth like i'm stealing fucking money it's not stealing money it's predator we, we no one said you're stealing money it's a predator you weren't you were manipulating the system to be create a predatory lease program for your driver under your carrier and you didn't care you didn't care how it would affect your carrier that's kind of a little bit surprising to me i wonder why I should buy 34 grand in the goddamn hole. Okay. If you ain't got the fucking stomach to fucking deal with a low, you got no business getting the fucking highs. Because, listen, fucking road of trucking yeah. isn't fucking a, a fucking path of cherries and fucking whipped cream. It just isn't. Why wasn't he saying this to Tim before offering the predatory lease? Maybe he was. Maybe he was. You gotta work to fucking make it work. Gotta work. it isn't just handed to you. Nothing's okay. fucking handed. If it's handed, then you're working at KLLM, making 55 cents a mile, getting dispatched, and just keep driving, driving, and driving. And all you do is hold okay. a goddamn steering wheel. But hey, it's a steady fucking $1,200 check every fucking week. My okay, now, here's the first thing I want to explain about this, okay? And, and I actually talked to, I have a, uh, I've, I've said this before, I have a friend that's a doctor in, in psychology, stuff like that. So it becomes a peer pressure atmosphere by, by content. And he's a member, he's a content creator, um, watching a show, people like watching him, you know, either for the train wreck or charisma and stuff like that. And that's the truth. But it becomes a peer pressure. When I, when I constantly say, you, you know, when you want to be a part of the group and you want to be a part, and it's, this is where, um, now I'm not saying he's a con man, but a lot of con man people can read people and say, okay, this is one that I can work with, right? And they can, they, and they say, okay, and they figure out what that person's motivation is or lack of motivation is, right? But when you constantly say company drivers are blow-it driver, you're not, any, you're not anything unless you're a lease driver. You're not anything unless you're an owner-operator. You're not anything in this industry unless you're this. If you're just a company driver, you're just a waste. You're nothing. You can't do anything. It, it, you're absolutely a piece of a crap. That eventually gets to the point that, like it or not, kids get peer pressured and adults get peer pressured, right? I mean, people join um, mid-marketing uh, schemes, right? MLMs, right? And, or, they, or they get into flipping houses or they get into this stuff because they, of something called hopium. They want something better. They hope for the best. But the problem is, is that it's, they're just, there's no real training to it. They just take $1,200 and they say, read this, now go do it, right? Adults get into situations and they get conned. We hear it all the time in regards to phone calls and, and people are running to Walmart to pick up cre uh, prepaid credit cards, right? That's, that's, it happens because we're not all on that same level of, of intelligence. We're not all on that same aspect for things, okay? But that, this constant belittling telling you if you're not doing this, you're not good enough eventually convinces people that, well, I, I, I can do it. I'm going to go out there and do it. If this guy's doing it, I can do it. And the truth is, some people just can't. They just can't. And it's, it, it, when I looked at, if I'm looking at somebody that I'm going to hire that's going to represent my company, you are representing my company. I'm hiring a contracted company to represent my company. 
out there in, in, in the industry. Well, I'm going to make sure that you're a good representation of, of me. I'm going to make sure that you can actually perform. You, 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 because if you fail, I'm failing and I'm in trouble. And it eventually comes back on me. Fucking taxes is $800. Hey, it's $8,800 every week. Yeah. What do I got to complain about? Nothing. If that's what you're happy with, got nothing to complain about. Nothing. But you have to have terms, right? Like sure. everybody that's ever done a lease purchase. How many lease purchases? Raise your fucking hand. Don't even, don't bother. Don't okay. bother raising your hand. How many lease purchases fail? 90%. Why do 90% of all lease purchases fail? 90% of, he, this is his words. 90% of lease purchases fail. Well, a lot of them fail because of education in the industry. Lack of money when they come in. Because I have no money, but you're willing to give me a truck and you're willing to spot me some cash so I can get out there and give it a shot. So they fail, right? They fail because of lack of knowledge of the industry, not just trucking, but the actual industry, because it's more than just trucking at that point. It's booking loads, negotiating, understanding supply and demand, understanding lanes, understanding your clock. All this other aspect to this. You've now become a business owner and a driver. You're doing two jobs, running the business, driving the truck. And some people can do it. And, and some people who process information slower can't because it's not, a it's, it's, a, it's not a stagnant industry. It's dynamic. It's dynamic, which means it's fast paced and it's moving. Loads go, go. They, hit, they, they pop on the board. They pop off the board. Building relationships. You're in one day and a broker loves you. And, you, and next thing you know, you're out and somebody else is in. What do you do? You find another broker. You build another relationship. This is the stuff that's it's constantly moving. Why is it that that 90% signed up for a lease and what happened from point A to fucking point B? Point A of, hey, I want to do this fucking lease purchase because of this, 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 and this. And then point B of when they've given up in less than a fucking year. No, I want to might not always trans into, translate into I can do. Right? I wanted to be an NHL hockey player. Here I am. <laughs> okay. I wanted to do this. Doesn't always translate into I can do. Okay. And this is where mentors and uh, people that are friends and stuff like that say, eh, I got to be honest with you. I don't think you're making the NBA, um, you know, you're, you're five foot three and can't dribble. I don't know what to tell you. How and why does that happen? In the beginning, they're looking at it and, and looking at it as a five-year fucking deal. Hey, listen, I'm going to own this truck in five years. Okay. But the problem in six months, they're not even looking five years out anymore. They're looking weeks. Because they can't afford to. I can't afford to look five years out when I'm not paying tomorrow. I can't afford to pay tomorrow's electric bill. That's, that becomes a major amount of stress when I can't pay tomorrow's mortgage that's due week, day by day. Paycheck to paycheck. They're not looking at the long fucking term. Do you realize that every fucking business that fucking starts today in two years will be fucking bankrupt? A very large majority of those businesses will no longer be in business in two years? That your first two years in business is the most difficult? Okay, he said two, no, it's three. We're in agreement here. We're in agreement here. Okay? Two years? So wouldn't that be the fucking same when you're building a fucking carrier, when you're building a fucking, when you're building a trucking business, when you're buying a fucking truck? They don't you think that the first two years is going to be the most difficult fucking years that most people will fail? A hundred percent. One hundred percent. That's why you don't create predatory leases that put added pressures down to fail on your carrier. You just tell them, I'm sorry, I can't hire you. I'm sorry, you, 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 I, I, you're not a good fit for my company. 
And if somebody were to threaten me to either you sell me the truck and I get this or I'm quitting, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Because you don't get to determine what my best fit is for my company. Leave. Off you go. Matter of fact, you're fired. <laughs> because I can foresee just by your previous record driving for me that you wouldn't make it. You're not turning a profit here. You're not going to turn a profit buying the truck. It doesn't, that doesn't take me a long time to figure that out. But hang on. It gets a little better. And why do they fail? Because they lose that five-year focus. No, they can't afford the five-year focus because they had no money. They had no money to invest. Just like Goida said, you don't have money or credit to invest in the business. Don't get in. Don't get in. They get too narrow-minded into the day-to-day. -day. Why? Maybe their home expenses are too high. Maybe their car payments are too high. Maybe their, their fucking house is too expensive. Maybe they're living a lifestyle they can't afford. Did you check any of that? Did you verify any of that? Did you ask him any of that? Did you do the underwriting procedures that a, somebody who's going to loan somebody $52,000 should probably do that banks are now required to do because of the 2008 financial? Did you do any of that? Did you verify any of that? Were you a responsible carrier and responsible business owner before lending somebody this to verify any of that information? No, I bet you probably didn't. And, not, and that's what the predatory lease aspect does. And that's why the task force is probably going to do something like the Dodds-Frank Act and force you to have to send them through an outside write, underwriting uh, service to actually verify that information before you can sell them that truck. And I agree with that. Sorry. And, and you know what makes me so frustrated? <sighs> I actually have to agree with something of the Biden administration, and that pisses me off. And unfortunately, it's James's fault that I have to feel that the Biden administration is actually doing something that should be done. It's terrifying. And say, oh, failure, failure, failure. Maybe. I don't fucking know. I don't know. I guess, all right. But trucking is not fucking, oh, well, you just fucking lease this truck, and then holly dolly day, you end up fucking with a truck at the end of five fucking years. And you don't think you're going to have any trials and tribulations? No learning fucking curve? I give a fuck how long you've been driving truck. Because driving truck is just holding a fucking steering wheel to point A to fucking point B. That's all driving a truck is. Correct. So are you telling me you looked at Cooper? Because if I look at Cooper, I think he's a good driver. I believe he, he's a good driver, uh, safe driver. He probably has a good record, right? Do you, are you telling me you look past the good driving status and saw Cooper as a booming entrepreneur ready to rock and roll in the trucking industry? Is it about five minutes of talking to that guy if you can't figure that out. A little bit of time management and, hey, when do I need to wake up for my 10-hour break and when do I need to deliver? What's my ETA to delivery? What's my ETA to pick up? But that's the extent of it. That's the real extent of it. You will not. Come on YouTube and play victim. Not here. Not this time. Not today. But nothing more than that. But you want to be owner-operator, you've got to add all of the other bullshit on top of it. Correct. And you think it's just going to be fucking bitches and rainbows out the fucking gate? You think it's going to be bitches and rainbows out the fucking gate? Well, then, oh, I'm an owner-operator. Ooh, diggy. How long should I wait for those bitches and rainbows, James? Tell me. Because that's exactly what they did when I went to SFI. When I went with Here's what I want you to listen to. This is the exact spot I want you to listen to, okay? Schneider and got fucking lease purchase on fucking Schneider. We're sitting in the fucking hotel looking for our fucking loads. We've got our fucking loadout trailer. We got to drive X amount of fucking miles to get our loadout trailer. And then we buck loads from our trailer. 
Okay. I'm walking out. I've already got my loads fucking books. I'm walking to other fucking people that I was in orientation with. So we're like socially friends, right? And I, I, I see a couple weak fucking links that are in the fucking class. I'm thinking, yeah, they might need some fucking help. Maybe a little encouragement because they're over their fucking head. They're over their fucking head. You had no problem talking to somebody that you knew just through orientation with Schneider, looking at them with your magical interpretation powers and saying to yourself, they're in over their head. They're not going to make it. I can tell from here. I can smell it on them. But you couldn't tell that with, with Tim. You couldn't tell that with Tim. I'm thinking you could. I'm thinking you could and you didn't give a shit. That's what I'm thinking. Because if you could do it with before, and you can do it with Schneider, and you can do it with, and Toe Piglet, he doesn't like you either. Uh, and you can, you know, do it with all these other, but you couldn't look at Tim. Somebody that you could, should have interacted with, because you were hiring him. You should have had conversations with him. You should have sat down and said, you know, show me this, show me that, talked about that, talk about this. You should have did that, because you were putting them on your authority to work under you and represent you in the industry as they go to customers and brokers and things like that. They're your representation of your company. You, you could do it by seeing them at orientation, but you couldn't do it when you had more access to them. Hmm. They ain't gonna fucking make it. I can see that in orientation. Who is and who ain't. So I go to their fucking room. So listen, you got your fucking loads, folks, you know where you're going, blah, blah, bullshit. You, you, I mean, you got this figured out. You know what their fucking thing is? Nope. I, I'm not booking a load. I'm just, I'm going to go home. Mm. I'm going to go home. Correct. Why? Yeah. Because daddy wants to sell his son and his fucking wife and his fucking neighbors and his fucking buddies. Right. That, hey, I'm an owner operator. Look at my brand new 2022 fucking Cascadia. Okay. I made the big time. Yes. Made Do the big time. Again, it's that reinforcement that if you're a company driver like TC Boggs and, 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 and all these other guys, you're nothing. But the, the difference is, is that they're bringing money home consistently, and they're buy, able to buy food. 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 I'm not talking a boat. I'm talking food. Food. Weeks later, Chuck's back in the fucking yard. They're back to company. Because they want the fucking prestige of the fucking owner-operator. They don't want to put any work in it. They don't want to put work in it. No, is it possible that a fucking company driver does he come up with a negative fucking week? Nope. Exactly. Nope. Company guy will always make a fucking paycheck. Always, every fucking week, a company driver will make a fucking paycheck. Does a lease guy? Does a purchase guy make right. a fucking paycheck every fucking week? No. No. So could Tim afford missing paychecks? How much money did he have? Was he in a position? This is this is this is my frustration part about this. You're not gonna. You can't say, well, he didn't work hard enough to be able to pay this. Everybody else was. Coach and, and Stewie were. Joe Schmo and, and Joe Schmoet were able to do it. Why couldn't he? Why couldn't he do this? This was all on him. This is all his fault. I, I'm not his boss. I don't run his company. And I'm not in charge. Oh, but you are in charge. You are 100% in charge of the contractors in which you hire, and I can prove that. That's easy to prove. It's simple to prove. First proof was Tim could not fire you. He would quit. You could fire Tim. That is proof number one. Proof number two, if your company goes bankrupt and you shut it all down in the middle of Tim hauling freight, Tim cannot haul that load. He has to stop and give it back to the broker. He can't broker it. He just has to call the broker and say, I can't deliver this load for you. The authority's shut down. The insurance is shut down. I don't have any control over it. 
the owner shut it down, take this load back. That is control. Three, Tim, let's say Tim were to haul a load for me, and it was supposed to pay two grand. And, and I, Tim goes and delivers, and I say, I'm not going to pay you. I'm not paying you, bro. For whatever reason, I'm not paying you. Who's going to call me? Best is going to call me. Why? Because he's the authority owner. He's the one in, that's in charge of the company. He's the one that would sue me. He's the one that would have to file the paperwork. Not Tim. Why? Because he's in charge. Why? Because he's buying a fucking truck. You're buying a fucking truck. It's not a goddamn job at this point. It's a fucking business. And you're buying assets. And sometimes you lose money. Sometimes you don't get a fucking paycheck. Sometimes you have a fucking tire blowout. Sometimes the fuel cost is too high. Sometimes you're in the fucking shop. Sometimes loads fucking cancel. Sometimes. And what happens when you can't afford it? You're broke. Like I said, th th this, this is a situation that is so bad in this industry that they've created a task force. Because if this turns into the same thing that the banks were doing in 2008 with the housing market, just think about the devastating blows that could happen to drivers. You know, what's the biggest thing? We have a driver show. No, we have a driver turnover rate. Drivers aren't coming back. They're leaving the industry because they can't stand it. Why? Probably because they try to load as a lease owner operator and nobody sits them down and says, you're not ready for that. And if that's a problem, th then don't drive truck. I'm cool with that. But I'm not gonna, I cannot put you in a situation that I knowingly you cannot do. And I'm not willing to sit here and, and teach you how to do it. I'm, uh, now, we're going to talk about that. Shit goes awry. But if you cannot have a fucking paycheck, if you can't be 34K in the fucking hole over a year. I can't be 34K. In, can any of you be $34,000 in the hole? over a year can any of you afford to go thirty four thousand dollars in the hole over a year probably not a lot of you would say uh no no i can't i can't go i can't go 30 in your first year in your first or second or third year not that you got seven you know i'm talking tim there's no way tim could go thirty four thousand dollars in the hole i get at this point in his life there's no way there's no way i want to take a truck be put into this situation. If, if, look, if, you, if I would have came to you and said, let me explain something. Before you buy my truck, I need to know if you can go $34,000 in the hole right now. And if your answer is no, you can't have my truck. Is that your criteria? Because you didn't even do that. You got no business being a fucking owner-operator. Same fucking company. He had no business being an owner-operator. He had, you had no business offering him the opportunity to be an owner-operator. Because he doesn't fit any of your criteria. He couldn't go without paychecks. He couldn't go $34,000. He couldn't. Your own criteria failed his loan program. Well, but I made seven or eight grand on it. Stay company. If you don't have that flexibility, if you don't have that fucking endurance, then don't bother. It, oh, my God. Oh, my God. If you don't have that flexibility endurance, don't bother. And yet, you said, here you go. Hammer down. Deduction, 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 deduction. Good week. Go again. Deduction, 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 deduction. Don't bother. Just be that fucking guy. Maybe it just ain't you. Maybe it just ain't your fucking thing. I would have had, uh, look, man. 
I would have this conversation with Tim, but you can't do it. And I can't put you under it. I can't put you in this truck. Because it, you're not there. You're not ready yet. You're not able to do it. It's, uh, it, it, it. Is that my opinion? It is. But it's also my protection. Right? I can't do it because I got to protect my company. I got to protect my money. I got to protect my business before I protect yours. This isn't personal. It's really not. It's business. And I can sit down and we can sh- tell me how much money you got. None. Well, pfft, fire. You're not in. Not, not it. It's, it, my thing would say, it's, it, you're not ready for this level yet. You're going to have to find a company driver. You're going to have to be that company driver. And it, it's okay. Some, not everybody can do business. Maybe it's not your destiny. Maybe, maybe you just ain't fucking got it. But if you think by being an owner operator that you're going to be fucking bitch rich, and you're just going to fucking be handing mm-hmm. fist over fist of fucking money, trust me, that shit don't happen until shit's paid off. And when that shit's paid off, that's just that many more bills. It never fucking ends. You're never bitch rich. Ever. Okay. Ever bitch rich. We're almost done here. We're almost done with him. We're going to move on after <laughs> you this. just ain't. I mean, we're still going to stay with James, but there's a different aspect I want to talk about. But some people come out here thinking, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm buying a truck. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm leasing a truck. It's a lease purchase. I'm going to own this. Listen, by the time five years is up, you're going to lose your fucking mind. And you're going you're gonna to lose your focus. You're going to fucking bail out because True. you had a bad fucking week. Or maybe you had a fucking fantastic week the week before. You blew it all on fucking coke and whores. And now you got nothing the next week when you have a bad week. Because mm. we got no judgment. We've got no control. Or maybe your finances just don't allow you to be a fucking owner-operator. Maybe and of course, this was all verified before giving him the loan. Correct, Mr. Best? Your home expenses. Maybe everything's so expensive. Maybe you need a $40 an hour job to just make ends meet. Maybe you do. That's what you should have told them before the deductions, not after. Before you should have said that to him before the deductions. Look, carriers don't have to hire people, right? And and a lot and look, I'll bet you, I'll bet money that there there are people. Jeffrey Light, inspector, have said, "Nah, you're just not a good fit," right? I, I appreciate your offer. I appreciate this at this time. Come, you know, come back in a year or whatever. Whatever the reason. And that's, that's their right as, as an employer, right? But he failed your criteria. He failed what you just said. And you st- still hired him. Still put him into that lease. Still gave that. Still made the deductions. I, I, so please don't come out saying... Uh, he didn't run hard enough. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. But he wasn't doing that before. And that's when, and, and that's when he says, we have to adjust this leash. It's not enough. Well, I'll give you 5%. Uh, okay, no. Right? I don't see any reason other than expenses are too goddamn high. If somebody can't fucking make it, I'll be on the goddamn spot market. It's- that's not true. It's not just your expenses are too high. It's you just don't have the... the the business fortitude to be able to compete in this pace of a of a of an industry. This business is it's not easy. It's hard. Again, I can say the same thing to you. I see no reason you can't have direct customers, but you don't. And it's just because it's not easy to get them. It's not. It just it doesn't make sense. I don't give a shit what fuel costs are. Everyone's paying it. Everyone's paying the goddamn fuel costs. Everyone's getting the fucking rates. Everyone's doing everything. Now, how are they successful and someone else isn't successful? The common denominator is Tim. The common denominator is his understanding of the industry, his knowledge of it, the fact that he just can't do it. I mean, I, you, you set him up for failure. You set another driver up for failure. You predatory lease from him. 
and you put him in a situation that he was destined to fail. How is that plausible? How is that, how is that plausible? Because it just isn't, it's just not your fill-up that costs fucking $800. It's everyone's goddamn fill-up's 800 bucks. Correct. It's not your mechanic that's paying, that's charging fucking $130 an hour. It's everyone's goddamn mechanics charging that. It's not every load's paying $1.90. Everyone's getting paid $1.90. Correct. Two bucks. I mean, it's the fucking way of the world. It's just the way the shit is, but not everyone's closing their fucking doors. Not everyone's fucking quitting. Not everyone's done. Not everyone's broke when they come in to this situation and then get hammered with it. All right, that's, that's, that, that, I, I just wanted to cover that because that was from James Best last live feed. That was him speaking about some of the criteria that it's going to take to be a successful owner-operator, which Tim failed all of them. Failed all of them. Now, it got to the point that he wasn't doing that good. He wasn't doing that well at all on the 60-40. Um, and he went and he demanded the 80-20, or he's going to quit. And like for me, and I've said this to other people, and I said, well, it, that's not his choice. You're not going to tell me, uh, well, I'll quit if I don't get 80-20. Well, then leave. Bye. Bye. See ya. Right? That's just, I don't know what to tell you. But it got so bad that James knew it was a problem. He knew it was a problem to the point that he got outside help to assist him in running the truck. He sent Tim to outside uh, help to dispatch the truck. Okay? So he, he can't say, you know, that, that he didn't know there was a problem. Obviously, he knew there was a problem because he asked outside people to help him. Now, he didn't, but he asked outside. And I know why. And he's going to say, well, I can't help him because then I'm in control. Actually, you're in control. I don't care. Even, even, the, FL, even the, the U.S. code states that as a lease driver... Um, a carrier has to treat a lease driver as if it's its own. And I've pulled that up on a video before, and I'm not going to dig that into that. So he asked outside help. Now, true or not, he said that the outside person that was dispatching him said that uh, Tim just couldn't do it. He couldn't make times. He couldn't do this. He was just, you know, he was slow. They weren't driving uh, like a team and everything else. So rather then say, okay, he can't do it. He can't do it. He, he mentally can't do it. He he's not going to be able to do it. Well, the outside help stop dispatching him. Rather than James call me and say, look, I can't. You can't do it. I've had outside help look. I've taken a look. We've looked at your number. You can't do it. Um, I, we've gotta, I've got to make a decision here, and I'm going to have to let you go. He didn't. Because he was making a good amount of money off of the $1,000 a week and three fifty dollars truck and trailer payments, right? Because those are being pulled before anybody makes any money, right? Before Tim or, or Osher make money, those are, that money being pulled out. That's the predatory aspect of this. That's that predatory aspect of this. The fact that you knew he wasn't making it, you knew he couldn't do it, you knew he didn't fall within your criteria to be an owner-operator, and you still collected money and deductions. That's what the banks did in 2008. They knew the stripper couldn't afford five houses, but they gave, them, they gave her the mortgages. I don't know what the fringe benefits were, but either way, 
they, 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 they still gave houses. They still put out mortgages. They still gave this. And then when interest rates fluctuated and went up and people couldn't afford it, boom. Well, that's when the regulations came out, when they put the Dodd-Frank in place. And they said, hey, you know what? You're now responsible to verify that these people can actually afford the loans and that you're giving them by underwriters and, and things like this. Because of the predatory aspect of this. Because this is the damage that it did in 2008. You don't think that this same damage could be done in the trucking industry? Hells yeah. Now, you have two outside, you have, you have James and you have outside sources both saying, can't do it, and nobody cares. Now, let's think about the numbers for a second, okay? You go from 60, 40, 40 to James, full maintenance, and he's paying the truck payment, and he's covering anything, and Oster and Tim are splitting 60, 30, 30. Now, that's, they're not making any money there. They're getting, they're just not. They obviously don't work hard enough or they do work hard enough and they're just not getting or the rates aren't there or you don't have direct customers or you don't have good enough broker relations. Whatever the reasoning is, it wasn't happening. So eventually it's a 70-30, he says no, and eventually it turns into 80-20, but you're buying the truck. So he still has to pay Oster, so it still becomes that 80 splits up to 40 and 40. Now, I don't know why Oster went back in the truck. I never asked that. I don't know if that was Tim's, and, and I can't say it either way. I don't know if it was James' suggestion. I don't know if it was um, Tim's suggestion. I don't know. But if, if I was James in that situation and it wasn't my suggestion, I would have called Tim and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're taking Oster back, but remember, you're on an 80-20. That means you're going to have to split that with him 40-40, which is only 10% more between the two of you, but you're now adding truck payments, trailer payments, um, and maintenance costs. There's no way adding just 10% more from the 60-40, you're going to make it with all those additional deductions. That's, I, I mean, just be advised of this, <laughs> because I'm telling you right now, I can't... I, I, I can't let you do that because it's, it, you're going to go broke and I'm going to end up picking the truck up or, and you might leave the truck on a load. I don't have no idea. Uh, this is a bad idea. Could you make it on an 80-20? Possibly. Let's say at this point, I, I'd still think he knew no, but there's no way you can split that. He's only getting 10% more. And he's still, and now he has... Double the deductions in regards to and maintenance costs, which was covered before. Now it's not. Truck payment a week was covered before. Now it's not. Well, that additional 10% is probably negative 10% now in the amount of fees that you might have to pay. On top of a predatory interest rate of 50% on maintenance if needed, which, according to the Illinois predatory interest rate law, can only be 36%. I don't know. I don't know. When this story came, a lot of us were like, no way. This can't be true. This can't be real. There's no freaking way. And then they're buying them stuff. Here's the settlements. Here's the deductions for the truck. 
and, and, and the issue is, is that this is the stuff that affects, you are now a content creator. You are now all public figures, okay? And you are now, like I said, out there basically saying, we know how to do this. We're making all this money. We're doing this. Come join us. Come, come be a lease driver. Come do this. Get out of that company driver. Join the big leagues. You want to be in the big leagues? You want your big league truck? This is how you do it. And then when they get you there, they predatory, he predatory leased it to somebody who couldn't afford it, who couldn't do it, who couldn't play the game, who couldn't actually process the information as fast as it needed to be processed. And, and my issue here was the last thing I want is the victim card to be played. Because, the, James, you're not the victim. You're not the victim. You're not the victim in this situation. You should have fired him. You should have said you, you don't, you're, not, you're, you're not, just not a good fit. But I can't continue. According to your own requirements for being a lease driver, you should have never offered him a lease for the truck. Ever. On top of the rates that you were giving him for that. You knew he couldn't afford that. You knew he didn't have it in him. He didn't run, if this is true, he didn't run hard enough for you. He wasn't making enough money. He was going broke. He couldn't go a year and lose $36,000. He couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. You didn't care. So when you're out there saying, I've done all this good stuff for me, I've done all this, shut the fuck up. You hammered him. You hammered him. All right. So, like I said, um, I'm gonna pretty much end this one here. Uh, I just, like I said, they're they're welcome to do rebuttals. They're welcome to come out. But th I'm pulling this information from their own words, from their own facts. They were telling me, like I said, the, 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 the Stewie was telling me he tried to help, but he couldn't do it. He was then, then that's even worse for James. An outside source was explained to him that your driver can't do it. He's not going to be able to do this, and I'm done. Now, here's Stewie working a full-time job as a driver, working a full-time job as a business owner, working a part-time job as a dispatcher, and now picking up the slack for Tim's part-time job of dispatching him. Kind of weird. But this is the aspect that this is 100%, and, and I believe will become 100% the responsibilities of the carriers who are now leasing trucks to owner-operators who have to go through an outside underwriting service, just like Dodds and Frank, because they have no problem predatory leasing individuals, and it's, it's going to be coming to an end, and it should come to an end. If you don't have the ability to buy the $400,000 house, a bank shouldn't give you the loan knowing you're going to be able to fail so that they can make the money on it. It's not always just, well, you're an adult. Well, you're an adult. Adults get scammed. Adults think they can do things or want to do things or get into hopium and hope to God that they can do it and they find out they can't. Especially when you have uh, people that are supposed to be overseeing this stuff as is the business owners <laughs> protecting their own business and saying, yeah, you can't do it. Can't do it. And, and, and I think, look, man, I, I do a lot, of my, a lot of my videos that says, look, we're not going to fix this industry from the top down. We got to do it from the bottom up. And it's education that starts that, that, that ladder up, right? It's education that starts that ladder up. Because the people that you think are out there looking at your best interest, the people that you think are out there doing it, aren't. They're not. 
So that's how I got involved in this. Uh, and, and like I said, I'm going to be doing more with it, but th- I wanted to come out and say, okay, here's, here, here's, here's my read on it. Here's my opinion on it. This is, a, this is my opinion on it. But it, it's a story that needs to be told because there, here is actual dots and actual people that have actually caused damage. And if it's happening at this level... Could you imagine how it's happening at, at mega carriers and everything else? Can you, can you even grasp that? And I, we, I've actually had people reach out and say, can you explain this predatory leasing thing? Because I think this is happening at my place. Yeah, let me explain it to you. This allows people to completely understand it so that they don't put themselves into the same situation as Tim did. Thanks, for everybody, for swinging in here. Uh, that's my take. And like I said, I'll be working. Uh, Nart did a great job bringing this in, as an investigative reporter. Uh, I'll be, we'll be doing a video together with it, with a, an interview and, and me putting some editing in it. That one will be recorded so I can put editing in it and everything else um, just to tell this story because it's a story that needs to be heard in this industry. It needs to be heard in this industry. So, all right, I'm going to go ahead and jump out of here. Um, thanks for swinging in. Blood on my fingertips and words on my tongue So many verses I wish I would have sung But what if my secrets ruin today? I pour another glass up to keep them at bay Think you'll find me? Oh yeah, then go find another Go find another your 